Welcome back to the Culture Jacked Podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Loki. Finally, it's here. I'm so excited to talk about it. Uh, We are going to be talking about episode number one, Glorious Purpose. And it's got a a runtime of about 46 minutes. Now, I'm Dustin, and I will be your recap and dissection host for today. Now, if you haven't caught one of these kinds of episodes before, in it, we we break down a, a current episode of a series that we are enjoying watching. Hopefully, it's one that's in the zeitgeist a little bit, so people will have their listening ears turn toward this podcast at the very least. Um, sometimes it might be a movie, but basically we offer a quick recap of what the movie is or what the show or the episode was. And then we, we delve into it a little bit. Uh, what are our thoughts, you know, maybe some theories behind it. And we've done this for a few shows so far. We did uh, WandaVision. We've done Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or <laughs> if you caught that one, uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Uh, We're also in the middle of doing it for Invincible. Yes, it's not concurrent with the running of the actual show, uh, but Invincible's Invincible episode reviews are up on the on the podcast channel as well. There will be spoilers as we go through this, because like I said, we are going to to recap the show a little bit. We are going uh, to talk about it a little bit and maybe do some theorizing about where it may may go in the future. If you haven't already, uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can get future episodes. And, and we're going to be here every week talking about Loki. We've been waiting for this one for a long time. Uh, the only one we've probably been waiting longer for at this point is, is Black Widow. All right, so basically the... The show we're gonna we're gonna start right now. The show picks up where we left Loki in Avengers Endgame, and so I guess spoilers for Infinity War and Endgame. Though, if you need a spoiler alert for these movies that are already shoot 2018 and 19, so three years and two years out respectively, uh, you're you're probably not someone that's tuned into this podcast because you want to hear about Loki for the sake of the continued MCU continuity or the multiverse that they are creating with this show specifically. But to recap Loki's story in infinity war at the beginning of infinity war, he was killed by Thanos and he, he wasn't in that movie like at all. He was barely in Endgame as well, but when the Avengers had to travel back in time to collect the Infinity Stones to undo what Thanos had done, or at the very least bring back the people that he had dusted, they had to get the Tesseract, which they failed to do, and a little bit of bumbling, a little bit of a mishap by, you know, the Hulk running into running into uh, Tony Stark coming out of the stairs, he bumped the Tesseract and Loki picked it up and vanished into space with the space stone. And so that is right where we pick up. It even has those very same scenes in the in the beginning of this show. And the thing about it is these shows they're 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 big budget for shows, but they are not obviously not 
big budget enough to have completely original material. And I know you can't really tell this story without that rehash of that material. But if the, the first episode is anything to go off of, they are going to be going back to that old footage over and over again. Hopefully, they can put some of that budget behind creating those scenes that we have already watched in a new or different way that gives us an alternate perspective on the scene. Or at least that's what I would have liked to see. I think there was one extra clip during this when they uh, muzzled Loki before they put everyone in the elevator and Hulk had to take the stairs down uh, where it was Loki purposefully antagonizing the Hulk. He did like a little little wave as the elevator doors were closing, which in the movie, if you remember Hulk, he punched the elevator doors as they were going down. So that's where we, that's where we start the show off. And he gets sucked up by the space base space stone to places unknown. And at the beginning of the show, he, uh, put, <laughs> where, where did he come out? The, the desert in, in a desert. I can't remember where it was. Uh, the Gobi Desert, maybe? And he pops out, and he lands in some sand, and some uh, natives to the area, they come up to him, and they're like, oh, you know, what's going on with this guy? And and then all of a sudden, there is a, like a door that opens up, and these soldiers, or these, these uniformed officers, step out of this, it's like a yellowish door. And we, we later find out that these are the TVA, and they say, hey, you're a variant and we need to reset this area. He says, you're not taking you're not taking me with you. I'm in charge here. I built I'm built for a glorious purpose. And he summarily gets his ass handed to him by this. I guess the main guard Hunter B-15 played by Wumni Mosaku. And she slaps him across the face, but he, then he starts moving in slow motion. And so his cheeks and his lips are warbling because he just got smacked. And she says, well, now you're moving at 1 16th, the normal time. And she slaps a collar around, around his neck. They head off back through the door. And one of the other uniformed officers places down a device to, to apparently reset uh, the timeline. They get him back to the TVA, the Time Variance Authority headquarters. And I'm trying to remember all of the things that happened because it was a very busy first episode. It wasn't very action packed. It wasn't very uh, loony or or zany. It was a lot of exposition. It was a lot of world setting, a lot of place setting for the show that hopefully we're going to get in the next five episodes. But they take him back to this TVA and they got to get him processed. And these are the things that you've seen in the in the trailers where he's, you know, signed for everything that you've ever said before. And the guy hands him a big stack of paper to sign for. And he goes, what? And then it prints off another sheet and he sets it on top. And all of these scenes, they reminded me of there was this old movie called Brazil. And I don't remember a lot about Brazil. I watched it at my buddy Tom's house. Um, but I do remember it was this very surreal, bizarre kind of what what's the what's the painter who does the staircases that go upside down with all the optical illusions and that sort of thing. That's kind of what it was like. I remember there was, there were some guys that were pulling on a drawer and one guy would pull on one side of the drawer and the other guy would pull on the other side and they were through the wall so that neither of them could get the drawer fully out to where they wanted it. 
And so it very much reminded me of something like that. And so he, he signs these papers, he gets dropped through the floor and, oh no, that's not what happened. God, I, the, I, I'm going to, I'm going to mess up the sequence of events, but he gets dropped through the floor. He also gets, there's this robot with all these arms and it, it looks like it's going to start taking off of his, off his clothes. And he's like, no, 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 this is fine. Asgardian leather. You cannot, I am a God. I am a God King or whatever. He says, you know, the kind of, uh, bravissimo that, that, arrogance that hubris that loki has especially the 2012 loki that this is the one that was removed from the from the particular timeline and it takes this little laser out and just buzzes him down to nudity drops him through the floor he's got a like a prisoner outfit on and then there's this other scene where he's being processed and this uh, little person has this he says step through the um step through the the scanner to make sure you're not a robot and he says, well, well, what if I am a robot or what would happen if I am a robot? And he said, well, it would it would fry your internal organs from the inside out or your in, internal mechanisms from the inside out. And so Loki goes, OK, and he goes to step through it. And there's this very funny moment where he has <laughs> he goes, what if I am a robot and I don't know that I'm a robot? And I think I, it, it was something that resonated with me because I was like, well, that's a good damn point, Loki. Any of us could be robots and not know that we were robots. I mean, depending on our programming, if you consider the uh, the young girl from Metropolis or you consider the young boy from Astro Boy, I mean, there is a precedent, in, at least in science fiction, for this sort of thing to be true. Anyway, he goes through and then he goes through. Uh, there's barricades set up like you would see at like a DMV or a a TSA going through the airport. And the guard says, we'll take a take a ticket. And um, he he says, you know, I'm not going to take a ticket. And he says, no, take a ticket. And there's another guy. And he's like, I'm not taking a ticket. And so the other guy gets all the way to the very end. And the guy goes, where's your ticket? And he goes, well, the other guard didn't give me a ticket. He said he was going to give me. A, he said he he wouldn't let me have a ticket or whatever. And so. Uh, then the guard vaporizes this other dude who, who was claiming I'm, I'm, uh, my father works for Goldman Sachs or something along those lines. And so Loki panics and yes, he got a ticket and he gets to the front of the line and he ends up going in front of a, a judge who is, um, named Ravona Rinslayer played by Gugu Mabatha Ra. And it's, it's funny because as he's going through the line, there's a video that plays. I can't remember what her name is. Like mini, mini minute or something. It's this little gold clock cartoon that he's watching that delivers a lot of the exposition for the for the show at this point. And he's getting this exposition from this clock and it talks about how all of these different multiverse timelines we're intersecting and crossing and wreaking havoc across the whole timeline. And so these three sacred, there are these three beings known as the timekeepers combined and coalesced all these different timelines into one sacred timeline. So that throughout all, all time, everything that happens happens in a way that is in accordance with the, this tapestry that's been woven of the sacred timeline to which at one point, uh, 
oh, he's in front of the judge and the judge is asking him how he pleads for disrupting the timeline, you know, taking the Tesseract and and warping out of there because he was supposed to go to prison on Asgard. He was supposed to see his mother uh, killed and then he was supposed to, uh, you know, go to war with the Dark Elves, take over for Odin and then eventually be killed by the hands of of Thanos, but all of that changed when he grabbed the Tesseract. So he became what is called a variant in the timeline. And so variants, as a, according to the show, are things that need to be corrected and remedied. And these variants are then, and it wasn't really clear whether they are destroyed and then replaced in the timeline by a similar such person to make sure that they they do everything in the timeline and the variances could be they could be very large, like Loki disappearing with the Tesseract. And they also included an example of maybe being late for work or starting a warlike conflict with another country that maybe was not supposed to happen in the timeline. And so the TVA's main function is to reset these variants, to put them back in the places where they were supposed to happen in the first place. Where was I going with this? <laughs> the timekeepers. Uh, so I, I looked online for some of the big Easter eggs that I might have missed. And uh, there on one of the articles I was reading, one of the timekeepers, as it showed in this animation and as it shows in a statue or a series of statues within the TVA facility itself, uh, one of them is... The, the very same identifying characteristics of Kang the Conqueror from the comic books. Now, if you've been following the show, if you've been following MCU news or Marvel news in general, you'll know that Kang the Conqueror is going to be one of the main antagonists, if not the main antagonist for Ant-Man 3 Quantumania. And so this, I guess, in the comics has precedent because Kang becomes one of the managers of the timeline because he's a very prolific time traveler. So I don't know if Kang is going to have a more, more virtuous role in the MCU being that of a timekeeper uh, beholden to this sacred timeline or one of the benefactors or creators of this sacred timeline, or if this is just maybe one version of Kang uh, as we find out later a variant of oneself does not have to be an exclusive variant. There can be other variants, um, but I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll talk about that in a moment. So he goes and presents his case in front of this judge. Meanwhile, Mobius has just gone to another variant event or a, what they call a nexus event. And this is important because in WandaVision, there was a commercial for a pill called the Nexus, and Wanda is a Nexus being, one that can move between multiverses, move between timelines without cause for despair. Like, that's what she is able to do without harming herself or others in that way. So Mobius has gone to another Nexus event where some of his officers, and Mobius and Mobius is kind of like the, he's like a mid-level manager or maybe a high-level manager at this organization, he goes to another event where his officers have been murdered by someone, by a variant. They talk to this little girl. It's in a church. Um, the little girl said that, you know, he said, who did this? And the little girl said, I, you know, it, it was him. And she points to a window with a, with a depiction of the devil on it in this church. 
Now, a lot of people already are very excited. and They're like, oh, that's Mephisto. Come on, guys. Let's not start this Mephisto stuff again. It's not Mephisto. In fact, the showrunner for Loki came out and said, no, it was supposed to be very indicative of uh, Loki himself. As we find out at the very end of the episode that the variant that is killing Mobius's officers is actually Loki as well. So there are there are two versions of Loki out here in the world. One of them is being processed currently by the TVA. The other is wreaking havoc on the timeline. And so it'll be interesting to see like how they how they reconcile. I mean, it's such a cool concept for a show and one that is incredibly uh, heady in the way of like a sci-fi sort of concept that it's amazing to think that we came from, you know, Iron Man, rich guy builds a mechanical suit, uh, Captain America, uh, good guy injects super soldier serum all the way to a multiverse time bending timeline maintaining kind of just just wacky wacky show i'm very excited about this it's it's very very cool so anyway uh let me look at some of the other notes i have here uh so mobius uh he gets he gets to the courtroom where loki is being tried and she said you know you're you're going to be found guilty for erasure or reset and he's like his reset going going to hurt he tries to use his magic to to manifest and summon his daggers but that doesn't work and and they say well hey your magic doesn't work here no magic works here and mobius goes to the judge and he says hey can i have a moment i would like his help and it's it's funny cuz she's like this is a bad idea and she's on her on her judge bench up above mobius and mobius who's played by owen wilson and owen wilson and tom hiddleston's uh, chemistry in this is absolutely amazing, but Owen Wilson's amazing by himself, of course. He looks up to the judge, and he says, "Just kind of kissing ass." He's like, "You know, I I'm always just I'm always just looking up to you." And so she goes, "Yeah, take him." So he takes him, and he starts interrogating him. And he's Loki's got this collar on to protect him from attacking any of them, which. Mobius has the little rewind button. So every time Loki goes to attack Mobius or someone else, he rewinds him to where he is. Or when he tries to escape, he rewinds him. There's even a moment when they're they're having a conversation and Loki gets up like he's going to run and Mobius rewinds him back to his seat. And he says, I was just standing up to make a point. <laughs> and so Mobius is trying to get at the heart of Loki's character. And he replays all of these awful things that that Loki has done, like... In the first Avengers, when he snatched that dude's eyeball out of his head to scan the doorway or when he tried to subjugate all of those people or when the Dark Elves were invading Asgard and Loki said, you might want to try the stairs to the left, which eventually led to his mother's death. Um, and then just all of these terrible things that he's done. And Mobius was like, you like killing people. You like torturing people. You're bad. And he's kind of egging him on and egging him on. And Loki, uh, at one point earlier in the show, he said that you've made all this, you've made this time variance authority because you are weak people looking to looking for a way to control. And this is your way to control. And later on in the series, after Loki 
going through some of this old film footage, you know, of his mother dying, of him torturing the, the, the person with the eyeball, subjugating people, uh, witnesses his own death at the hand of Thanos, and he comes to the self-realization that he is not the main character, that he is, he is there to make the main characters the best that they can be. And so he's kind of sullen. I mean, like, that is an existential crisis. If you just get shown that your life is not important, at least not important beyond making other people more fantastic and more amazing than they already are. And you're always the butt of the joke. You never win. You are not built for this glorious purpose that you think you are. Yeah, it's going to be a gut punch. It's going to be it's going to be a, a, a real gut check on who you are as a person and your own self-value and self-worth. So he's showing him all this at one point. Mobius has to leave and he, what is what happens? Loki tries to escape and he escapes and he's going to go get the Tesseract to use it. And he, he bumps into this other guy and he opens up this drawer and this drawer is filled with it's got the Tesseract in it because he saw him get it earlier. It's filled with infinity stones. And he's like, these are infinity stones. And he says, oh, yeah, these come in from timelines all the time and none of them work. No magic works. Loki finds out that the Tesseract doesn't work. Um, and he's, he's kind of dejected about it. And there's this funny scene too, when uh Hunter B 15 comes back to capture Loki, he gets the necklace or he gets the, the collar strapped onto her and he rewinds her and fast forwards her. So she keeps disappearing and reappearing in the room. And every time she's like, stop doing, stop it, stop this. And finally he rewinds her out of the room and Mobius comes back. And a dejected Loki is looking pretty torn apart. And Mobius asks him who he is. And he says, I don't like hurting people. I saw my own death. You know, I, 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 I do the things that I do because I am weak. And these are the illusions of someone weak looking for control. The same thing that he said about the TVA uh, in general. And so it, it was kind of a, a full turnaround. At that point, Mobius says, look. I knew that about you. I, I'm a big fan. Um, and the reason that I, I, I need you is I need your help because we need to get a hold of this other variant that is killing my officers and taking these reset things from me. Uh, and it's actually you. It's another variant of you. So uh, that's that's basically where the show ends. Now, I may have missed some big big parts in there, big points. If I did, please let me know in a comment, you know, get a hold of us, Facebook, Twitter at culture, Jack, send us an email, culture.collective dot X two at gmail.com. But it's the, the TVA is so interesting just because of the powers that they have, you know, to rewind things uh, and the lack of power in, in the, in the TVA, whether it's Loki, whether it's the Tesseract, any of the other Infinity Stones, that is the way that the timekeepers set it up, that this is a place beyond space and time. This is a place beyond your typical powers. Um, and I love that they did that, especially with the Infinity Stones, because in Infinity War and in Endgame, the Infinity Stones were such a big, important part of those movies. They were the driving force 
behind Thanos' plan to destroy half of the universe or to obliterate half of the universe's population. They were such a driving force on getting the Avengers back in the timeline to get the stones back to repair the damage that Thanos had done. I don't know if I already mentioned it or not. I'm, I'm, I'm going about a million miles an hour, but the Loki did bring that up in the court when they were holding him on trial for messing up the, the sacred timeline. He said, what about the Avengers? They went back in time to do this thing and then back forward in time to, to correct the, their mistake. And the judge said, well, that was supposed to happen. So the the sacred timeline is not necessarily a thing that is divergent from the regular regular timeline, but it is divergent from the way things are supposed to happen. So it's a really oh man, it's a a really entrancing thought about fate and the power that you you have to control your own destiny, the the, the free will that you have. And so this show is going to be very interesting in the, the ways that it explores how Loki not only defies his own death by escaping the, the, the sacred timeline where he dies in Infinity War, but one where maybe Loki figures out because Loki's still not to be trusted. I mean, this is 2012 Loki, by the way. So he is still full on villain conquer earth mode here. Uh, one where he is able to gain some upper hand over the TVA and become even more powerful, maybe even more of a threat than he originally was. He's always been an anti-hero ever since that first Avengers film, or ever since uh, the first Thor film, I guess I should say. Um, let's see, what else What else is going on here? Uh, I just wrote down some notes, some, some first thoughts. Like I said, they did reuse a lot of the footage when Mobius was talking to Loki. They reused that footage from the previous films. Uh, variants, Nexus events, Nexus beings, like I said, Scarlet Witch is a nexus being or so she is in the comics are variants destroyed uh, or do they just go back he witnesses his mother's death he witnesses his own death uh at the end of the episode like i said mobius says that they are after another variant of loki and they are after uh, him because he is killing mobius's men uh, well, obviously they're after him uh, first to correct the divergent timeline to correct the variant that is that Loki. And there has been a lot of speculation online. There's some some screen photos, uh, some screenshots of Loki sitting and talking with what many people online assume to be Black Widow with her shorter haircut. Somehow she was spared from her fall in Endgame. Uh, other people are saying that that is not in fact Black Widow, but it is a lady version of Loki, which I guess has some precedence in the in the comic book. So at the end, they showed more of the TVA officers being attacked by some unknown persons, and they zoomed in on the unknown persons, and it was just a person in a hood. So we did not see their face. So it very well may be a lady Loki. And I don't want to conjecture too much because... You know, that was the problem with problem with WandaVision. So we have in the 
in the exposition of the little golden clock talking about how the TVA works, what the TVA is, we have that figure that resembles Kang the Conqueror. I, I, I thought at first when Mobius said they were after another variant who was hopping time streams, that I thought that was going to be Kang. So apparently Kang is going to be a little bit bigger deal than just some variant going out and wreaking havoc on the timeline. Uh, the Mephisto rumors are back again. Um, oh, this is an aside, but I saw online somewhere that there is now a Loki breakfast cereal in the same vein as it looks like Lucky Charms cereal. Uh, and then the last note that I have, I, I don't know why I added that. I mean, it's, it's not important, but here it is. Uh, the last note that I have is did Secret Wars already happen? So in the comic or in the comics, there is uh, a multiverse and we've seen the multiverse in Marvel. We've seen it in DC. So you have a good idea of it. You know, there's a, a Spider-Man character over here. And then in this universe, there's a slightly different Spider-Man or a slightly older Spider-Man or a, a slightly more novice Spider-Man or a Spider-Man with four arms or a Spider-Man with, you know, webs in his armpits or whatever. Uh, so Marvel in, in the comics and in the animated shows, they've done this thing where they have different concurrent universes running at the same time. A, a huge Marvel event years ago, I can't recall how long it was ago, but several of these universes were set on a collision course and they were coming into a singularity of sorts where only one universe was going to survive. Now, in the comics, this was a way of resetting their characters and making it so their characters... Uh, the most, I guess, most popular versions of their characters or the most interesting or maybe making new characters uh, the only option for Marvel fans would be the ones left at the at the end of this great event. And this was called Secret Wars. And in Secret Wars, I believe I'm, I'm screwing this all kinds of up, but Dr. Doom was in control of everything. He became like a god and recreated the world. And eventually, you know, Dr. Doom fought, who was it? Reed Richards. I think Molecule Man helped him. But they eventually put the worlds back together. And I think they made a new multiverse, perhaps. But all of these characters came together. Now, I don't know if by there being a sacred timeline... And the multiversal war that happened with with these characters uh, already in the MCU means that Secret Wars has already happened. Now, if I'm Kevin Feige and I'm the folks over at Marvel or MCU, I am not going to throw away an entire event like Secret Wars with a with a minute and a half explainer video about the multiverse like I'm not going to do that and of course they could always go back in time and retcon and do uh, prequel things for a multiverse event like Secret Wars but it makes me wonder if that event in in this universe has already happened all right that's it for the first episode of Loki. We're very excited that it's here. Look forward to another one of these next Wednesday. We'll, we'll be coming and talking to you for the next five Wednesdays 
to catch you up on our thoughts about Loki, about what's going on. We're going to try and keep the theories to a minimum. We don't want to get too out of out of hand or out of pocket like we did for WandaVision. Uh, but it's it's shaping up to be a good show. If I'm being perfectly honest, the first episode was a little boring, but I I do think that all of the foundation that they laid in the first episode is going to pay off big dividends in the way of understanding for audiences about the multiverse stuff that maybe are not so well acquainted with you know what a multiverse is and how it functions at least in the terms of the comic books <laughs> all right that is it for our episode today on today's episode make sure you leave us a review it would help us greatly help us connect with new listeners if you have a friend that loves the marvel universe that loves to talk about it they're not going to hear anything new here but they are going to hear a perspective and maybe share a perspective like their own with a friend uh, make sure you tune into our other shows we've got all kinds of shows on the podcast and tune in next week for the next episode.